Hello, hello, welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hopefully this is a good mic volume. Hello, hello, welcome. Glad you're all here. I am Dan, your friendly fishmonger, and I'm glad to have you all here with me. We do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Well, that's weird. The stream says it's waiting for me. <laughs> Can you all see me and hear me? Oh yeah, there it goes. Now YouTube decided to behave. Anyway, welcome. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger. Um, we do this live stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Good to have you along for the ride. I'm pretty excited today because I have some news that I think is good. I think, I think, I think it's gonna, I think something important is gonna happen. So I'll talk to you about that. Um, getting some new fish and I think finally... Oh, this coronavirus shutdown of the world. I'll tell you about it in a moment. Also, we're doing a giveaway. We're going to give away some spotted head standers, which are a great little fish. One of my favorites. And I finally found a batch that's doing well for me. So what I want to do is do the giveaway on those. Send you some. And that'll be kind of a test. So spotted head standers, a fish that is great. Shouldn't have any problems with them. Been in the hobby for a long time. Um, <clears throat> lots of people kept them over the years. They're a hardy little tetra, basically a kerosene. But for some reason, the last since I've moved to Wyoming, I've had no success with them. And I don't know why. Um, I have a theory. I'll tell you my theory in a moment. Anyway, I like them, so I ordered some. Didn't do well. I ordered, uh, waited a, a few months, ordered another batch, didn't do well. Kept them in different tanks, ordered them from uh, two different countries, <laughs> two different suppliers. <clears throat> Decided, okay, this isn't fair to the fish. I'm going to stop bringing them in. Well, um, then a brand new supplier came on the scene and I was, and they had some. So I was like, okay, this is a new supplier. I'll try them. So I did. And I'm happy to say that a week and a half later, they're still going strong uh, out of a group of, I think there's 120 or something like that. I believe I've lost. No, I know I've lost only two. So I think it's a good group. They're eating well. They're active. They're not acting stressed or anything. They, they look like they're doing fantastic. So one of the reasons I want to use them for the giveaway this week is whoever wins them, this is going to be a bit of a test. Um, I want to see if they're going to ship well before I offer a whole bunch of them for sale. So if you win this, just know that uh, this is a species I've had trouble with. I haven't had trouble shipping it in the past, but I've had trouble just keeping it recently. So I'm going to ship you a few and please let me know how they do. So I know if I can ship them to everyone or not. Now, what I think the issue is, <clears throat> so I kept them in different tanks and, and things like that. Uh, what, what I think the issue is, is the supplier. Sometimes whatever a supplier has going on creates fish that don't do well in your setup, no matter what you do. It could be Probably not, but it could be that the water parameters are vastly different. This happens probably more in guppies and things where some, some guppies are kept in pretty salty water, brackish water, and in hard water. And then if they come to you and you have soft water and no salt in it, they, they might melt down. Things like that. I doubt that's the case with, with head standers. But 
there are maybe they have some kind of latent pathogen that just sprouts in your water something there are some suppliers that have fish that are just incompatible with me or with any pet store so i think that was the case i think the first two batches um were probably just from suppliers that had something going on that didn't work for me i don't know if it was an illness i don't know if it was a parameter i I don't know what it was but it appears that i finally found a supplier that I can rely on um, and that their fish do well in my tanks of this specific species. So, so yeah, so I'm excited to test the shipping so far. They're doing great. My hope is that they do well in shipping and then I can offer them to the world because they're an amazing, amazing, super fun species. So if you would like to be entered into the giveaway tonight to win, potentially win some spotted heads, headstanders, you can do that by entering in the chat Hashtag faceplant because that's what they do all day long. They go around and they do little face plants in the substrate all day long, picking at food and grazing. They're amazing for keeping your substrate clean. They love sand. They'll pick up bits of sand and pick out particles of food in it and spit it out and just do that all day long. There are species that probably is best not kept in a bare bottom tank. You're going to want some gravel or some rocks, or if you have it, some fine sand, and they'll keep it clean. They will keep it looking great. The sand looks pure because <laughs> they're constantly picking at it and stirring it up. And any debris that settles on it, they'll stir it up into the water column so it gets sucked up into the filter. So the species gets about three inches, roughly, so not too big. They... They're terri- I don't want to say territorial. They like to be in a shoal. Um, you'll see them just shoaling around together, picking at the sand all day, picking at plants, picking at anything. And they do it head first, literally. They swim like this. Their nose is down, their tail is up, and they just swim vertically most of the time, which is kind of kind of interesting. Um, they're not aggressive. They will they will frequently have combat with themselves, but it doesn't appear to damage anyone or anything. So it's this quick little hierarchical display and dispute, and then they move on. It's like, I'm the boss. No, I'm the boss. Dispute. Okay, you're the boss. And they back off, right? So I think that they'll do fine in almost any community tank that has small, peaceful fish. So that's the giveaway this week. If you feel so inclined, hashtag faceplant in honor of the constant little faceplants they do all day long. It's super cute. The second thing that I want to talk about is, um, before I do that, let's do a shipment report. So let's see here. You know what? I haven't checked my email since this afternoon, but as of this afternoon, everyone had arrived and looked good and looked like it was doing well. The only shipment that I haven't received a report on was the um, ones I sent to Nurse Beckus, which she won last week in the live stream, which were the croaking garamis. So Nurse Beckus, if you're here, if you could let us know how they did or send me an email, whatever you want. Um, I'd love to hear how they did. Hopefully they got there safe and sound. When I checked tracking this afternoon, they had not been delivered yet. They were out for delivery. So hopefully you've received them. Um, I haven't checked tracking this evening. 
Something else that's exciting is I got a nice group of wild bettas in today. They're hobbyist bred in the United States, so they're they're healthy and strong. They're betta dimidiata is the species. They're really cool because the males, let's show you a picture. The males get a nice long central plume out on their caudal fin and their anal fin is very, very long. So let's show you this in case you're unfamiliar. These are beta dimidiata and this, this central fin central extension on the tail fin is really cool and they get these nice extended anal fin and um, dorsal fin as well. I really like them. So again, hobbyist bred in the United States. So bred by one of you guys, which is amazing. So I was excited to get those. One reason I'm so excited to get those is because I had to put a hold on the Indonesia shipment, unfortunately. So I've been working with a supplier in Indonesia to get a whole bunch of wild type bettas. Most of you know that. And then there was another group of fish I was working on getting from them that I didn't tell you about, which was supposed to be a surprise, but I'll tell you now, it was a whole bunch of locality pure, uh, not wild type, <laughs> they're all wild type, locality pure um, rainbow fish. A lot of species that we almost never ever see that we're gonna be able to be uh, brought in. They were originally collected in Papua New Guinea, and um, there's uh, a gentleman there that collects them and then breeds them in their specific localities. So I was very excited about that, and we've been working on that for a while. Um, a couple of weeks ago, when all this stuff went nuts with this virus that's all around the world right now, things got dicey there, and kept talking, trying to get it to work. Um, they kept, the export company there kept checking with their broker at the airport, whose job it is to keep tabs on how flights are going, how things are delayed and all that. And the broker basically said, um, right now, if you do that, they'll be sitting at a nine hour delay here and they'll have problems here and stuff. And he said, you guys should wait. So we waited a bit and Checked again this week, was hoping things would be better or there had been some way to resolve it. And there wasn't. Basically, the email said, quote unquote, all is chaos <laughs> was, was one of the statements in the email. Need to wait. And then, and then an explanation. So basically, all those fish, the big order of wild type bettas in locality specific pure strain rainbows, it's just going to have to wait. I still want to get it in. But with all the uncertainty, lots of flights are being delayed. The fish could, you know, get stuck somewhere. It's, it's just not safe to do that right now. Um, checked in with Nigeria and they're still shut down. Basically, Nigeria has shut down all flights from the United States. So there's no traffic going back and forth from the United States to Nigeria. Any country that has the, uh, the COVID-19 issue has cases. Uh, Nigeria basically is shutting down um, travel with, with Nigeria and that country. So that shipment's still on hold. So the good news is though, that I was able to, I think, uh, come up with a nice group of fish for next week anyway, from a completely different supplier. I'll know for sure Monday, 
if they come in or not. Um, I tried last week and basically they said we're shut down. So, but they're open again. They're like, we figured out these precautions. We figured out how to work with this. And so I put in a very large order, I think 70 odd species in the hopes that I can um, get a bunch of fish. And I've got over a hundred tanks that are just sitting there needing fish. And it's just killing me to have all these empty tanks. So, but that's the good news is there's hope that Monday we might get a neat order in. And uh, there's too many species to list, but it's, it's a little bit of everything. There's some neat blue eyes. There's some neat loaches. There's some uh, wild type bettas. There's um, lots of different stuff. So anyway, that's encouraging to me because up until now, it's pretty much been like, no, 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 no. Like the world is just scared and shut down and things are not, uh, from a fish importer's perspective, supply lines, the supply lines are complex enough in this industry that one little, one little spot where it doesn't work. And, uh, and you've got issues. So anyway, that's the update on kind of what's going on in my world. I was planning on getting a haircut before the stream today, just because I know it totally looks like a bedhead. It doesn't. This is just what happens when you're bald on top and you got the little tantra thing going. These little, these things just start to stick up. Um, <laughs> it's just part of being a shiny head person. Um, but I wanted to to shave it and look all pretty for you guys, but it's been very busy. It's taken a lot of time, a lot of communication with a lot of foreign countries trying to, whew, I stopped counting which plan I'm on. I was on plan A, then B, then C, then D, then E. I stopped counting at E and I'm on whatever iteration after that, but I'm hopeful I'll get fish. Um, I'm also thinking that if this doesn't work, if I can't get a bunch of fish in, on Monday, then I might approach you guys next week and say, listen, if you breed fish, <laughs> I'm in the market. Um, I, I don't do that. A, <laughs> excuse me. I don't do that a lot. I like buying fish from hobbyists. They're the best fish to get. But there's very few hobbyists that breed um, in the quantity that I need. So I don't I don't usually put that out there, but I am looking um, if you have stuff and you breed, if you can, if you raise a hundred at a time or 50 at a time, something, some kind of quantity like that, um, then I am definitely looking to stock my tanks right now. I'm hopeful Monday works out, but if you have stuff and you're interested in selling it and you breed it and raise it in quantity, Dan at dancefish.com, I'm interested in listening to what you have. Um, I, I know there's... Yeah, I know there's some of you that raise fish in some quantities. So anyway, that's the news. That's what's going on. Hopefully next week I'll be at least half full um, with inventory for you guys. All right. <laughs> next week's hashtag shiny head. My dad always said, God only made a few perfect heads. The rest he had to cover with hair. <laughs> My head must be getting more perfect as I get older. Um, all right. So I am going to get to your questions and comments because that's kind of the whole enchilada for the update for this week. It's just been madness. Just been madness trying to find a way to get fish and, uh, and, and not just get fish, but not put the fish at undue risk. 
because of all the delays and things. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I have my fingers crossed for Monday. Oh, another thing. My phone died like Friday. My phone totally died. And so I haven't been able to post on Instagram or anything for a while. And, um, yeah, basically Dan at dancefish.com is the only way to get a hold of me for now. Just because I don't have a phone. My new phone should arrive Tuesday of next week, but everything's taken a while longer to get here. All right. To your questions and comments, if you have a question or comment for me, if you'd make it at Dan's Fish, so it highlights for me, I'd appreciate it. I'd like to thank my mods in advance because they do a good job monitoring the stream, making sure that if I accidentally miss someone, that they bring it to my attention, all that stuff. Uh, thanks so much to my mods. I appreciate you all. Andrew Purr, I need some help getting Amazon Puffer to settle down. He's constantly glass surfing. Have him in quarantine for ick now. It's a 10-gallon. Want to move him to my larger community tank. Um, let's see here. Well, I think before you move him, you're probably going to have to cure the ick first. But once you have, I in general, I find that Amazon Puffer's how long have you had them? Let's see. Does it say what I found with them is when I get, when I bring them in, they'll surf the glass for a few days and then they kind of settle down. If he's in a 10 gallon quarantine tank, then I would imagine it's uh, pretty bare in there. And so he's probably just surfing cause it's a quarantine tank. It's strange. It's bare. There's not much to do. And he's, he's a little stressed cause quarantine tanks aren't the most soothing environments for fish. Um, what I find is if they have a, a tank that's full of stuff to occupy them, they're very curious. Pieces of wood and plants and all kinds of stuff like that. That will help. Another thing that really helps is if you keep them in groups. They are a, they're social fish. They, aren't, they don't school tightly, but they do form shoals and they are a bit gregarious. Now, they'll do fine alone usually, but if nothing else works, then, then a group say five or so of them might solve the problem. Now that's pretty expensive and you might not have, not have the tank space and all that. I totally get it. So I'm not saying that's the first thing to do. I'm just saying if all else fails, sometimes just getting friends helps. Um, another thing you can do is just get other fish in the tank, even if they aren't other puffers. Um, I keep mine with endlers and the endlers activity and stuff tends to like soothe them. They keep an eye on the endlers. The endlers are acting normal. They're like, okay, must be safe, right? And so it's kind of soothing to them. Also, they occasionally just like to chase the endlers around for fun. Um, gives them something to do. So I think that those are the my main thoughts on that. Um, Andrew, if you respond down below and make it at Dan's Fish so it highlights again, in letting me know how long you've had him, um, if he's fairly new, that glass surfing can last, I said a few days, it, it can last a week at it, it could last a while. So it just means he's not settled in completely is, is my experience with that. Now, that being said, I have heard from some folks and maybe someone in the chat can chime in who have puffers. I don't know if they're Amazon puffers or, or whatever, but that surf the glass is a hobby. Um, maybe not 24 seven, but just occasionally do it. It's almost like they're up there begging for food or something. So that's, that's another possibility. But I would say a puffer in a quarantine tank is probably going to surf the glass just because they're probably not totally comfortable yet. Um, it's not a fully interactive environment. 
They need stuff to stimulate them. So those are my thoughts on that. If anyone else has experience with that and has been like, yeah, mine did that and I did this and that fixed it, uh, please chime in so we can help uh, Andrew out even further. Bathy Fila, any killifish in this new potential order? Um, nothing... Uh, like what I'm expecting from Nigeria, but there's two species on order. There's Fundulopanchax gardneri, and there are clown killies. Now, I'm doing the clown killies. It's the same scenario as the headstanders. I've, I've tried them several times, didn't have any luck, but this is a completely different supplier. This is the same supplier that um, I had luck with with the headstanders. So I'm hopeful that their clown killifish will get along in my fish room too. If not, then I just won't get more clown killifish until there's a new supplier that maybe I can try theirs. So just gardneri and clown killifish. Oh, I'm, I'm delighted to say that the uh, pygmy quarries that I got in are doing great. So those should be listed for sale, I think, uh, what, this weekend or something like that? So... Those came from the new supplier too, and those are fish that I've had trouble with in the past from from my old supplier. So there's a lot of new fish that I can get now. I hope it's looking like there's a lot of new fish I can get that will do well because I have a, a different place I'm getting them from. Scott's Aquatics, are you still able to ship out of state? Yeah, yeah, I can ship pretty much anywhere. Um, I did hear that. Like Oregon's pretty much shut down and Colorado may be shutting down and things like that. But I don't think that applies to essential services. And I think that UPS, FedEx um, and the USPS and things are considered essential services. I haven't yet had a shipment that or, or heard anything of like, oh, we can't send that. It won't go through or had any problems. And I do have a box... I got a box from Washington or Oregon today. I sent a box to Washington today. I'm saying that because I think Washington's one that's really watching that really closely. But so far, no problem, Scott's Aquatics. So far, I can ship. And haven't had any delays or anything. What's that? Oh, no. <laughs> It's the fox cat boxing my face. Thanks, Chattanooga. Ch I butchered it. Thanks, Chattanooga Ed, for the $5 super chat. I really appreciate it. And a uh, little boxing fox cat brings joy to my heart. He is a cutie. Ed, thanks so much. I really appreciate you doing that. And for just being an active part of this community. I see you so many places. And I, I like to catch you. Uh, I forgot the name of the stream, but I've caught you on a couple streams. Um, where you're live streaming. It's great to see you there. All right. Scott's Aquatics. Oh, did that one. Candy Overhaul's posting my email. Thank you, Candy. Jeff Chambers, a guy in my fish club raises a ton of rainbows, all Gary Lane strain. Not sure if he has shipped before, though. I could shoot him a text. Jeff, that would be, be amazing. Um, I, would, I would love to hear from them if they're willing to ship. Yep. And that's, that's another thing I guess is there's a lot of people that raise fish but not everyone's comfortable shipping and I totally get it but if you are hit me up but let's do it over email let's keep it professional um 
hard for me to like <laughs> the worst is when you mix it up like we're having a conversation through email and then suddenly I get a message through Instagram and then I get a message through you know four or five different email dan at dancefish.com that's where I conduct business otherwise it gets uh, it gets crazy and I can't find all the parts of our conversation moonstone this is where you say I'm okay oh I am um, there's, there's a little, there's definitely been some stress, but I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. Um, I'm just hopeful I can get these fish in. It's rough. You know, I, I just, uh, built this big expansion. <laughs> I didn't know Corona was going to sweep in and shut down the world. And so, yeah, I've got so many tanks sitting empty and it's, it's just killing me. It's just killing me it's the time of year where you want to be shipping. Like it's warming up. People are like starting to post fish for sale. People are out shopping online because they're like, Hey, it's warm. I can finally order. And, um, people are stuck in their houses with nothing to do, but play with their aquarium. So there's a lot of demand. I get messages all the time from people that are like, Hey, I'm looking for this fish. Do you have it? And I'm like, no, I have like nothing. I've got like 20, 25 species right now is all. Um, I usually have 50 to 60, and with the expansion, I should have over 100 at pretty much all times. So, so it's a dry spell, but I'm okay. It's not like I'm hitting my head against the wall or having a nervous breakdown or anything. Just it's a problem to work through, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, I did give myself two minutes to freak out when I got the bad news. It's kind of how I handle stress. I let myself be reactive for a couple minutes. And then I stop and um, say, okay, you've indulged yourself enough. Let's fix the problem. And I get proactive. And that's served me well. Um, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Nurse Beckus, my croaking garamas arrived this afternoon. Good. Garamas? Garamis? Looking beautiful. I'm glad to hear it. Um, they're about as big and pretty... Is that species gets, I think. I, I think you got some really nice ones. I hope you enjoy them. One's male for sure. The second one, I'm not sure. I'm hoping it's a female for you. But I can't really tell. That's a fish I, I'm not... Uh, there's a lot of fish I can just glance at and sex them easy. That's one that I have to actually work at a little bit. Jeff Service, can I keep head standards with discus? Hmm... I'm always super hesitant to recommend fish with discus just because discus are so expensive and cherished um, that I'd hate to, uh, I've never tried it. I think they would be fine if head standards can take the elevated temperatures. I, I keep mine in the mid seventies to maybe upper seventies. So I haven't really checked temperature tolerances as far as the upper end goes on those. So, I, I mean, let, let's Google real quick. Let's see what the internet has to say. So, Seriously Fish, amazing website. If you haven't been to this site, if you have a question about a fish, this is a great place to put it. It's, it's kind of peer-reviewed, you know, unofficially. Good information. So, um, and, and take it with a grain of salt, like with anything, right? You don't want to just read it and be like, that's doctrine, but it's a good place to start. 
I've read lots of things about a lot of species where I'm like, that's not right. Or I've had a different experience, but it, it's a good place to start. And it tends to be more useful information, accurate information than, than you can find at a lot of places where you like, where anyone can just spit out information. You don't know if it's real or not. This is a good place to start. So anyway, it says 20 to 28 Celsius. I can never remember what 28 Celsius is. 28C to F. Um, oh, wow. 28C to F. What is that? 82 degrees? So according to Seriously Fish, they can take it up to the low 80s. Um, I haven't kept them that warm, but depending on what temperature you keep your discus at, it might work. Again, I, I hesitate to recommend anything with discus, though. Like, there are fish that do great with discus. Um, blue German rams, cardinal tetras, those are a couple standards. But if I told someone, yeah, you can put cardinal tetras with discus, and then they did, and then the discus died, even if it had nothing to do with the cardinal tetras, I would still feel really bad just because there's so much... <laughs> So expensive. So expensive. Okay. Gary's Aquatics. What do you feed all your fish? Oh, man. A lot of stuff. So I'm a firm believer, with all due respect to LRB. I love you, Lucas Bretz, but with all due respect, um, I'm a believer in feeding lots of different kinds of foods. So I know tetracolor granules are great for a lot of people, but um, I feed a mix. So right now I'm feeding Zumed Spirulina Flakes. P.E. Mysis pellets, um, cobalt, tropical flake, some blackworm pellets I got. I don't even remember where, just they're made out of blackworms. Um, live fruit flies, live blackworms, live scuds, detritus worms when I can suck up enough to feed. I really like detritus worms for feeding fish. Um, frozen brine shrimp, frozen bloodworms, frozen mysis shrimp, um, blanched zucchini, just boiled enough that it sinks. Um, uh, different fruits and vegetables like that, green beans, um, cantaloupe shells. Once you've eaten the cantaloupe out and there's that little green bit left on the inside of the cantaloupe, fish love that. Bananas, a lot of fish really love bananas. Um, what else do I have in there? Um, Tetra crisps, although I don't like them very much. They're so hard that a lot of fish, you have to be a bigger fish to be able to take them. Um, and there's a few other brands mixed in there. So I, what I tend to do is, is just mix through. Of course, some species don't like high protein, so I tend to feed more veggies and, to them and things like that. Oh, rapashi. How could I forget? Lots. I love rapashi as well. So, oh, and baby brine shrimp. Why baby brine shrimp? That's kind of the mix. Um, yeah, I'm a firm believer in a varied diet. I just, I think it's impossible, especially with a manufactured food, to get everything a fish needs in one food. Just like for you, like if you ate one thing all the time, right? So I don't know. That's my philosophy. And it's worked well for me. Let's see here. Um, Sakana Katana, when do you think the pygmy quarries will do well? Oh, do you think the pygmy quarries will do well on eco-complete substrate? I hear conflicting opinions about quarries on eco-complete. Sakana Katana, 
I have absolutely no experience with EcoComplete. I've never used um, that product, so or any other uh, specialized planting soil that holds nutrients like that. I just couldn't tell you. In my experience, uh, the best substrate for quarries is is fine sand. Although pygmy quarries, you know what? They don't spend as much time on the bottom. They do swim midwater a whole lot. So. Um, I guess what I would say is I've seen a lot of aquariums on YouTube that have those kinds of substrates in them and have pygmy quarries. Um, I think if you look on uh, aqua pros and things like that, you might see some videos that could give you some direction, but never use EcoComplete. Man, my kids are thumping around up there like elephants. Usually they're not home when I stream, at least not for the first hour, but with everything shut down, there's a lot of kid action going on upstairs for sure. <laughs> Terry's Tropical Tinks. Can you get and have you kept Black Darter, Tetra, um, the Weitzman Eye? I've never kept them. They're on my bucket list. Can I get them? Yes, I have a supplier. Where are they, Columbia or Peru? There's a list where I can get them from. But it's it's a list where I would have to order, you know, 10, several, many thousands of fish to bring them in. So it's not like I can just order them alone. I have to do a complete import from the supplier to bring them in. One day I'll do it, but I'm not the guy where I'm like, yep, I have a steady supply and I have them all the time. I've never had them, but they're on my list. And I've been dreaming of that fish for, for years. I've seen... I think, I think I've seen them in person. Now I can't remember for sure, but I've never kept them. So, oh, they're so beautiful though. And they spawn in caves, like they're a neat little tetra. Nurse Beckus, I wonder if the croaking grommy would be okay in a 20 high planted tank with a single yo-yo loach since they're out of quarantine, once they're out of quarantine. Probably. Um, yo-yo loaches aren't necessarily super aggressive. They can be inquisitive and active though. Um, it's planted. I think I'm going to say yes. Um, you know, you never know till you try it, but I kept those croaking garamis in with plecos, with, um, fundalopanchex species, with fricata rainbows, with several, with several fish. I never had them in with the loaches, but they did well with most things. Yeah. Moonstone same. Busy gets crazy. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's funny. I, I read all these posts and things about people being like, I'm at home. What do I do? I'm bored sick. And I'm like, this is just another day for me. I, I work from home in my underwear. This is just, I guess I've been social distancing for a long time and never knew it, <laughs> but it's, yeah, even though things are shut down, it's still pretty crazy for me. Michael Wilson. Oh, cool. Got a nice group of 10 little Orichthys parvis. Cool. So far, so good. It seems to be a stable group similar to Crenichoides and looks promising. Let me let me see that one. Is that the hyphen? The kind of headstander type? I can't remember. Let's see which species. Yes, this is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, these are a cool little fish. So this is similar to the kind of 
hyphen neon drape fin neon drape fin barb but they they have the high fin they're in the same genus but they act quite differently neat little fish though man i hope they do well for you i'm glad you got a group i'm glad they seem to be stable i hope they continue to be stable this is great man no buffering i think i fixed it i think we have fixed the, the buffering for sure i'm glad so yeah mike breed those up I can't wait for, you know, a batch of about 100 babies from you. <laughs> but congrats. That's awesome. Seth Gordon, will ram's horn snails and or neo shrimp interfere with pygmy cori breeding? I don't think so. Um, I really do not think so. Yeah, that's going to be my answer. I mean, I've heard people say that snails eat eggs. I'm sure they probably do, but I've never experience them having a, a detrimental effect on eggs. I've raised lots of fish and incubated lots of eggs in tanks or containers with snails in them. And the neo shrimp, as long as they're as long as they're not a mono shrimp, which I think is a caridina, not a neo caridina. But um, as long as they're like a cherry or a crystal red or something like that, in my experience they actually nurse the eggs. Actually, I, I literally will pick a bunch of eggs, put them in a container to incubate and put cherry shrimp or crystal red shrimp in there to take care of the eggs because they'll go and they'll kind of eat off the eggs and clean off any fungus, keep them clean, keep them moving around. They're great with eggs in my experience. So I'm going to say that you should be fine with that. Now, someone else might be like, my snails ate all of them. All the eggs and maybe, but I, I don't think so. It's not something I've ever observed in any kind of like, I'm sure a snail occasionally eats an egg or something, but I've never seen it to any kind of like mass murder level. I've never seen it at all, honestly. Cichlids 23, when do you expect the platinum half beaks will be ready to ship? I think I can list them Friday. In fact, I think I can list everything I got in from that unboxing on Friday, everything's doing really well. So unless there's some issues, I did have one goby die yesterday. Still not quite sure what species that is. Um, I'm hoping it was a one-off. As long as no one else goes down, then then that's the only um, that's the only species where anything's happened. So it's been pretty rock solid. So I think those half beaks and everything else should be ready Friday. Sean OOTD, with this new supplier, any chance of rare shell dwellers? Doubt it, but figured worth a shot. Um, Sean, if you send me a list of what you're looking for, Mr. Shelley, um, I'll keep an eye out for you. Well, should I... There are frequently shell dwellers on the lists. I've never got them, though. Uh, I don't know if I'd be the guy to bring them in. Just my, my water's so soft. I, I would just feel very itchy about bringing in a, a, a fish that likes such hard, hard alkaline water and importing it and trying to get it to do well in my water before I move it on. I don't, I don't think I'm, even if I could get them, I don't think I should, honestly. Yeah, I think they'd have trouble. But yeah, I can get lots of them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and by the way, 
I check the list every week for that snail from Tanganyika that you're looking for. Never seen it, but I check every week. I used to just skip over the snail section. Now I actually look at it. Haven't seen any. Fishy Fun 57. I worry about imports drying up in May, by May, when it's warm enough for shipping in Canada. Do you think it's going to be as tight for imports? Worry about imports drying up by May. Well, I mean, it's already super tight for imports. Are you talking about imports from the United States to Canada specifically? Or are you talk? I mean, around the world right now, it's a problem. Like, it's tough to get fishing right now, for sure. But... Fishy Fun 57, I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't quite understand exactly what the question is. Could you clarify? Because I'd like to answer it. Okay, chat jumped on me, sorry. Vinoski, good to see you. I just caught your name as I scrolled up. Okay, here we are. Gary Duncan. Hey, Dan, what is your take on keyhole cichlids? Love them. I love them. They're not like a big garish colored, I don't know, electric blue hap or something like that. Like an Ali or something. So, they're a simple bread and butter cichlid that used to be fairly common and is much harder to find. They're hardy, they're peaceful, they don't get too big. Four inches would be a pretty big one in my experience. The males get a nice long trailer on the dorsal and anal fin and they get a, a kind of bluish white uh, outline to their fins. I really like them. An oldie but goodie that you hardly ever see. So I've not had any problems with them as far as aggression or health or, or anything like that. I've got a group in with threadfin rainbows. If they don't bother threadfin rainbows, tiny little delicate fish with long flowing fins, they might bother like a big veil tail betta or, or guppy or something. But if I can keep them with, with uh, threadfin rainbows, their odds are good. They're going to be peaceful enough to go with anything. Now, when I say that, they're still a cichlid. So during spawning time, they're, of course, going to defend a little territory and stuff like that. But even then, I don't think it's going to be a bloodbath like it would be with some fish. So I can't recommend them highly enough. I think they're fantastic. The only issue I've had with them is the latest group that I imported. Several of them came in with damaged eyes. And I've never been able to get them to heal but it hasn't spread either. Like, like white, one eye will be white on one side. Not all of them, and I'm not selling the ones that are like this. Um, there's, most of the group was fine. But I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if they got physically damaged when they were netted and, and then got, because of that, were, got a little infection or something. I don't even know if it's an infection. Um, but that's the only issue I've had with them. And the fish that have that are still spunky. They're eating well. They're, they're totally healthy. And it's not something that spread. And I've had that group for about four months or more. So, but that's the only issue I've had with them. Yeah, I like them a lot. Candy overalls. OMG, speaking of scuds, Amazon puffers in heaven over them. Awesome. Um, so finally... I went up to uh, Billings, what, two weeks ago? A week and a half ago. 
to pick up the uh, last order that you saw in the unboxing video and was able to give Candy the scuds that were due to her because, um, because of the giveaway I did on scuds a while ago. So uh, awesome, Candy. I'm so glad. So glad that he's loving them. I knew he would. <laughs> or them. You've got a group. Um, Candy, do you have any advice for the gentleman who has the Amazon puffer that's surfing glass? I know that when I first sold mine to you, or did I give uh, when you first got some for me, I know that they were surfing the glass, but I don't think it lasted, did it? And what do you think the difference is? For me, I think it's like they just settle in and they find other things to occupy them in the tank. But if you have any thoughts on that, um, be interested in hearing. Killers <laughs> Aquatics, Jesse, no scuds. Everyone, if you have scuds, box them up and send them to HC Aqua. Uh, HC Aqua loves scuds and can't get enough of them. <laughs> there you go, Jesse. <laughs> Nevia, everyone's still able to visit your pet stores where you live. Um, yeah, pets are kind of considered pet food and supplies and things are kind of considered an essential service, you know, keep your pets alive. So I think the stores are generally open still, at least, uh, we've only got one Petco. We're a small town, but in general, I think that you know, you might need to do pet curbside service or something like that. But in general, I think they're open. Now, I can't speak for other parts of the world <laughs> or other parts of the nation. I live in a small town in Wyoming, but pretty much lots of things are open here. Although when my phone died Friday, I went and I tried to get it repaired. I went to three or four phone places and they were all closed. The Verizon store was closed. Like stuff, stuff is definitely affected. Yes. Moonstone, same V. <laughs> Thanks, Pitstone. <laughs> Pitsotics, I agree. I believe all pets should be fed a variety of foods and have a vast diet of all types of foods. So Pitsotics is agreeing with me. Why, thank you. Now, I do think, I do think that even though LRB only feeds tetracolor granules, his fish are actually getting a pretty varied diet because of how he keeps aquariums. So there's algae growing all over. So they're able to get some veggie in their diet. They're picking at all the little organisms growing in the algae. He's got scuds in lots of his tanks. He's got shrimp in lots of his tanks. So um, he might only be feeding that, but in the in the environments he creates, there's there's other things too. So, yep. Wait, I missed a funny from from Bob. Reminds me of my missing key. My mother checking kids' poop, but I digress. I had to have been part of an earlier conversation to get that. Chaos <laughs> Aquatics, TMI down. That's my line. Let's see. What did I do? What did I do? Oh, maybe it's Dan Slee or someone else acting up. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to get back to questions and comments because <laughs> I'll, I'll catch that on the replay if I get a second to watch it. Anthony's fishy friends, would a geophagus wine miller eye work in a dirted planted aquarium or would they dig too much? Oh no. Oh, they would dig. That's, that's what they do all day long. It's not necessarily like digging big pits, but it's constantly, literally 
if they're awake and they're not sparring or something like that, they're pretty much taking up a mouthful of sand or dirt or whatever, sifting it through their gills. Next mouthful, sifting it through their gills. That's what they do all day long. Geophagus, earth eaters. So I love them. They're peaceful. They're beautiful. They do great in a sanded aquarium, but not with plants and not a dirty tank for sure. Now, mine do great with like java moss and um, floating plants are fine, but anything that has to be rooted will become a mess in, in short, short order. That's their specialty. Again, it's not like a, it's not like a fire mouse cichlid or a convict cichlid or an African cichlid where they're digging out pits. But that constant action, oh man, it wouldn't take a day. Yeah. <laughs> it, but there are other fish that are similar that that probably wouldn't be as big a problem, like the bandit cichlid. Um, those I haven't seen digging much at all in the sand. Um, what else is similar? Threadfin acara. I've never seen threadfin acara dig much. Um, so they might be okay. Uh, maybe not in a dirted tank. A dirted tank, I wouldn't have anything that could potentially mess up the substrate at all. But I'm just thinking in general as diggers, um, there's fish that are very similar to geophagus that, that don't necessarily do all the digging, like the threadfin acaras and the bandit cichlids. Now, dirted tank, uh, maybe an apisto would be okay or something like that, but almost, uh, I'm having trouble thinking of, of many cichlids I could recommend in a dirty tank specifically, just cause it's such a mess when that sand cap comes off. Frankie Fins, I've never placed an order, an online order before. Should I wait the lows for the next 14 days in Long, Long Island or below 50? Uh, depends on where you're ordering from. I'm perfectly comfortable shipping right now. This is great weather for shipping fish. Um, if I can get them to you live in the dead of winter, <laughs> good choice of words, um, then now's like, now's gravy. So it shouldn't be a problem at all. Um, not everyone's comfortable shipping in the cool, though. Um, so if you're not ordering from me, maybe check with the, the vendor to be sure. But yeah, right now, no problem. Okay. Did I actually reach the bottom? I may have. I may have done it, but probably not. Chat probably jumped on me, and I probably didn't see it. Let's see. I can't believe I reached the bottom of the chat if I did. Holy cow. This is one for the record books. I cannot remember the last time I legitimately reached the bottom of the chat. No, it, it hasn't happened in recent history. This is amazing. If you have a question or comment, I might actually get to it. <laughs> so now's the time. <laughs> Nocturnal Chorus tried catching the last bit of the stream. How many shenanigans did I miss? Oh, apparently Bob Kaler is doing all kinds of shenanigans. Yeah, I, I can't wait to uh, see what that whole conversation was about. But uh, 
apparently Dan and Bob Kaler, not me, but another Dan, I think. Uh, not quite sure. But yeah, you miss lots of shenanigans, of course. And glad to have you here. Hope you're doing well. Um, how are the mangroves going for you? I hope you're selling a number and that people are having good success with them. Rockford Fishkeeping. All my Limia females are going to pop soon. Now that's the ticket. Right on. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I hope you get tons of fry and raise them successfully and pass them around because Limias are awesome. I honestly can't fathom why they are not um, available in like just the normal pet trade at normal pet stores. They're hardy. They're prolific. They breed well. I mean, if you can keep and raise a platy, you can keep and raise most of the Limias. So I don't know why they're not out there, but I'm so glad that yours are doing well. Mine are too, by the way, as far as like about to pop, like they're, they're big. They're about to go. Skipper's Aquarium. Sorry, Dan. I didn't hear the answer to this. I stepped away. It was asked if they live out of country, could they still enter the giveaway and gift them to someone that lives in the state, in the States? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, sorry, I missed that one, but yeah, if, if you want to enter the giveaway and you're not in the United States, um, but if you win, you're like, I want to enter so I could give them to someone who is in the States if I win, then that's just fine. And I wish I could ship them to Canada or around the world. Um, but Hawaii is about as far afield as I can go right now. I can totally ship to Hawaii. That's not a problem. So, yeah, that would be nice. In fact, that's how some people have got fish. Uh, I think Water Wizard won at one time. Is that how Jimmy ended up with the CPDs? Water Wizard won, gifted them to Bentley. Bentley was like, I'm starting a new job and working on a video game, and I don't have time to do a tank right now, and send them to Jimmy because he knew they were Jimmy's favorite. I think that's what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, Mr. Shelley, I don't think I've ever seen that. I, my, my. Oh, what were we talking about? I'm going to have to move on because I don't remember. James, still need heat packs, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm still putting heat packs in every box. Um, large and medium boxes get two heat packs each, and the small boxes are getting one 72-hour heat pack. Yes. B-start. Easy egg layers to breed. Okay. So, to me... When I think of that, what I'm thinking of immediately is what egg layer has fry that hatch that are free swimming and big enough to eat baby brine shrimp. To me, that's what makes it easy. There's, there's lots of fish that you can breed easily, like lots of the tetras, cherry barb, stuff like that. But the babies are so, so tiny when they hatch that it's hard to feed them or and they have to go through a phase where they're not free swimming and all that. So to me, for an easy egg layer, I'm looking for something that a, the fry are free swimming at the moment of hatching and B they're big enough to take baby brine shrimp. So that narrows it down quite a bit. So Lots of killifish, almost all killifish fall in that category. There's a few that have very small eggs and the babies can't take baby brine shrimp right away, but most of them can. So 
I mean, there's hundreds of them. I, I don't, I'm not going to list them all, but um, Funnel of Panjax Gardener, I, of course, is a great one to start with if you've never read Killies before. Aphiosimian Australi is another great one, common, easy to do, but there's many, many that are easy to breed and easy to raise and super pretty. Next group over would be like the blue eyes. So when we think of rainbow fish, we think of really small babies that take forever to grow. And that's true, but it's not true of the blue eyes. So blue eyes are like um, the Fricatas, the Gertrudes, the Ivansafis, um, Pascais, things like that. The Pseudomugils, more or less. Not all of them. Uh, Erythorania werneri, the, the threadfin rainbow, has very small babies. But the Fricatas have large eggs and big babies. They're a great one. When they hatch, they're free swimming. They can eat baby brine shrimp. Bob's your uncle. Um, the next group that I would say is super easy is rice fish. Oh, that's another thing. The, that order with the wild type bettas and the locality specific rainbows had some amazing rice fish, like different species that, that I've, I've never seen available before with amazing yellow trim on the edges and things like that. Some of the ones that were covered in an Amazonas article a while ago. And I saw them and I was like, yes, but alas, we'll have to wait. But rice fish in general are super easy. And it, the, the Java rice fish, the daisies rice fish, both simple, simple, simple. I haven't had much luck with the uh, kind of fancy strains of madakas, but I think they would be easy too. It's just I only was able to get one batch one time and they didn't do well for me. But I'm sure that I'm sure in general they're pretty darn easy to do. Um, so rice fish, blue eyes, killifish. So mop spawners in general with larger babies. And the reason is, is because hash baby brine shrimp, you're good. They're done. They'll eat. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. Now, there's others that are easy too, like a lot of your cichlids. Um, Epistogramma cockatoides. You know, it's funny to say that because for so long, epistos were thought of as being very difficult to breed. But there's some species that aren't difficult. Cockatoides, pretty easy. Um, convict cichlids, fire males. I mean, there's lots of cichlid species that are small, don't get too big. And even though they, the fry are small when they hatch and have a non-free swimming stage, once they've absorbed their yolk sac and are free swimming, they can eat baby brine shrimp and almost anything else. And their parents will actually take flake food and stuff like that and chew it up for them and guide them to it and things. So because of the parental care, there's a lot of little dwarf cichlids that are super easy to breed and raise um, because the parents just make it do the work for you. Yeah. So that's my advice on egg layers. Now, once you've got your, your foot in the door with them, kind of dipped your toe in, how many metaphors can I throw in here? Um, then what I would try doing is I'd start playing with live food. I'd start playing with, okay, can I, can I maintain a rotifer culture and or an infusoria culture and or a green water culture and or, you know, paramecium, things like that. Once you're like confident that you can keep a culture of really small live food going, then I think the world's your oyster. There's all kinds of great egg layers and egg scatterers that you could raise easily that way. Bettas. Things like that. Oh, that's another one. Wild type bettas. 
especially the mouth brooders, generally have quite large babies once they release them from their mouth. And they're, in my experience, some of the simplest fish to raise ever. Better rubra, better chinoides, things like that. So, yeah. Diminiata, or another mouth brooder that I happen to have now. I'm so excited. A couple weeks, they'll be ready to go. They look great. The, the male was like, I unboxed them today. And I went and took a look a few times throughout the day to make sure they were okay. And there's one male that's obviously dominant. And he is, uh, he didn't care. He was just shipped. He was like, let's go. He's all flared out. Not like wanting to battle, but look how pretty I am. They're a very peaceful species. Anyway, that's my thoughts on that. Nathan Alexander throwing down a dollar ninety nine and a thumbs up. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Thanks for being here. Um, thanks for the super chat and thanks for helping keep chat lively. Reels, thanks. At Dance Fish, got fish? Not this week. The um, I tried to place a very large order that I was hoping would come in Monday, but uh, because of all the shutdowns, I couldn't get them. I did get Betta dimidiata in today, a wild type Betta mouth brooder. So I'm excited about that. So Papa Rock, if you're watching, um, got a cool wild Betta in for you. Jay Jr., who has the mangrove plants? Unless my eyes deceive me, it was Nocturnal Aquarist. Let me see. Um, had someone get gills, mangrove. Yeah, Nocturnal Aquarist has them. Looks like you can get some for 10 bucks. It looks like there's plenty of them. So check them out if you're in the market. And these are, I believe, freshwater mangroves. Yes, I don't know if there's saltwater and things available as well, but freshwater red mangroves is, I believe, what they were. Looks like the ones Zen's, Zen Ginger got are doing well. That's good to see. I'm glad to hear it. Cichlids 23, sweet bro. I might order some half beaks from him this weekend. Cool. Yeah. They're, they're amazing fish. <laughs> There's nothing like them. There's absolutely nothing like them. It's like the best alternative to an alligator guard that there is because who can keep an alligator guard? But they look so cool. And those platinum alligator guards are awesome. But I swear, those little half beaks, they look like little mini platinum alligator guards. They're awesome. Is that Ginger Graves? Ginger, hello, $9.99. I know what I'm buying next. Wild betas. Woohoo! I was so glad to see your um, Cochina uh, flaring and all that. I don't know if they ever bred for you, if you're ever able to raise any, but I'm so glad they were doing well for you. So yeah, more wild betas. And man, I was so trying. There were about 20 species, I think, that we're on the order that I was trying to bring in, but we'll just have to wait and roll with the punches here. Otherwise we'll get hit in the face and that'll hurt. Ginger Graves, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're feeling well and hope you're doing fine. Okay. Chat jumped as it's want to do. Let's see here. Sand Creek throwing down two bucks. Hey, thanks Sand Creek Aquatics. I was on the wrong account. <laughs> well, glad we got that straightened out. Welcome back. <laughs> Frankie Fins. Thanks. Payday is coming up. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad some folks still have a payday. I know there's a lot of you hurting. 
Um, Frankie, I'm, I'm glad you're doing okay. Nocturnal Aquarius sold a few. Zen and Josh got some, and they seem to be doing well. AJ Jr., Aqua Balls, I carry fresh water and salmon get gills. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Freshwater mangroves, that's great. Kaylee's Aquatics, I get paid tonight at 12 midnight. <laughs> Checks in the mail, Bob. Your paycheck, I mean. <laughs> 12 my mods. Yes, you'll get... <laughs> Checks in the mail. <laughs> Candy overholes. Tiffany um, Medima, if you will type at Dance Fish, you'll see the question. Yes, that way it'll highlight for me, uh, Tiffany. Otherwise, it, get lo it gets lost in the shuffle. <laughs> Honestly, let's be honest. Sometimes it still gets lost in the shuffle, but you know. Fishy Fun 57. I am worried about not getting shrimp fish out of. Okay. This is the clarification I needed. I'm worried about not getting shrimp or fish out of my province, LFS, who gets from Asia due to reduced flights and restrictions. Should I order now? It's bloody cold in Canada. Okay, I got you. Well, from what I'm experiencing as someone who also deals with Asia frequently is they don't know how long the madness is going to go. It's very difficult to get fish right now. You still can, but it's hard and we don't know how long it's going to last. So out of, okay, so I have relationships, close relationships with say 10, 15 suppliers and then not as close relationships with oh, 30, 40 suppliers all over the world. Okay. <laughs> of all of those, there's one or two, no, let's three. There's maybe three or so that are probably actively getting fish out still. And even then, when they get to the United States, there's no guarantee. Like last week, I fully expected an order, but it wasn't the country in Asia that shut down. California, literally, the governor of California said, okay, everyone go indoors. Don't work. You know, he kind of shut down the state. So we don't know what's going to happen or how long it's going to last. So I would say, oh, but it's cold. I would say, I don't know if there'll be more fish available in the near future. Like it's rough right now. It really is. But I also don't know how good your um, supplier is at shipping in the cold. So I'm not sure how to manage that, that question. If they're good at shipping in the cold, then maybe it's worth it because I, it's difficult. Let me tell you, it's, it's been very difficult to get fish in and I don't know how long that will last. It could last for quite a while. If you're getting fish in the cold, there's some, some tips to help. One is if it's possible to have them held at your local post office or the office of whatever company you're using and go pick them up there instead of having them on a cold delivery truck, um, that would be fantastic. That helps. And the other thing is just keep an eagle eye on tracking so you don't miss them, so they don't sit out in the cold for, for a long time. But having them held can be a huge thing. For example, 
So I got some bettas in today, right? Well, they were delayed, but they weren't. So there was severe fog at the airport, so they couldn't get there on time. So they arrived later this morning. They didn't get to the local UPS office sorting center until about 10 30 11 a.m this morning well, a little before that but that's when they could unload the the plane right that is after all the trucks had left to do their delivery so the update i got in tracking said delayed due to severe weather will be delivered by 4 p.m tomorrow thursday but because i went and picked them up at the ups office they didn't have to wait and then go out on the truck. So they wouldn't have got here till tomorrow if I didn't have them held at the post at the UPS office, if that makes sense. So that can help quite a bit. Okay, Michael Brandle, when drilling your tanks, do you prefer drilling in the middle of the wall so you can spin the tube and drain a great deal of water out or only close to the top for skimming purposes? Michael, it totally depends on your setup. Um, both ways can work. Quick, quick kind of a thing before we get to different setups. Be aware when you drill the very middle of the glass pane of your aquarium, that is the weakest point of the glass. So you're much more likely to have the tank shatter or chip or crack on you if you drill in the middle. If you drill up close to a corner, there's a lot more support along the edge of that glass pane. It's less likely to bow as much, so you don't get the, the pop back of the glass that you get if you drill in the middle and it's bowed a lot. Now, tanks of a certain, of a certain size have thick enough glass that that's less of a worry. But if you're drilling tanks that have fairly thin glass, just be aware, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's, uh, it's a little riskier to drill in the very middle of the pane of glass, okay? Then, as far as, where, as far as maintenance goes and the setup you're using it for, I've had setups in the past where I had a hole drilled at the bottom and I had a standpipe that went up about halfway up the tank. And that was great because to change the water, that wasn't a fully automated system. To change the water, I'd go around to each tank and just flip a valve. The tank would automatically drain 50%. And then I would go around and fill them up with the hose, basically. So in a semi, it like, I kind of auto drain, I guess. You flip a valve and it drains. Um, system like that, that can be very useful. If you want a fully automated system where... Um, water comes in and just water leaves, then towards the top is pretty good. Now you're right, it would be more versatile if you put it in the middle and put a, stand, uh, a pipe in there and then if you wanted to drain only halfway, then you could run your auto water change system and if at any time you're like, I wanna drain the tank 50%, you could just turn that to 50% and drain it. That's all true. The issue is if you're making it so you can turn that pipe, you're not able to seal it. You can't glue it. So you're always going to get a little bit of leakage out of there. And the more you turn the pipe and play with it, the more that's going to happen. So to me, it's a more stable system if you 
just drill the hole in the top or the bottom or wherever, but have your standpipe or your bulkhead or whatever you're using for your overflow uh, glued in, um, threaded in with, with maybe you know, Teflon tape or, or whatever you're using, but kind of a sealed thing that you don't constantly play with because the more you twist that pipe and things, the more it's going to want to leak on you. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, but different setups, depending on what you're trying to do, maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's worth having a little leakage and having to replace a pipe every now and then. So pros and cons, I would say, James, thank you. Hey, you're welcome, James. Great to see you. Skipper's Aquarium is bringing Hillbilly Nomad's comment to my attention. <clears throat> um, do you ever see Scleromastics Barbatus on your South American list? If so, is it something you would ever order? Um, I recognize that scientific name, but I'm not remembering what that fish is. Oh, yeah, that's a quarry, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, it's a quarry type, yes. These guys... So, yes, these are available. These are on the list every week um, from one of my suppliers. So is uh, Weitzman Eye, um, several species that I really like. The issue is that I'm not uh, quarry expert enough, confident enough about my ability to ship quarry successfully to bring them in. But I can get them. They're fairly expensive but I can do it. Um, so what I'm doing this next order is I've ordered, I think two or three kinds of quarries, um, longfin paleotis and then skunk quarries. Archiwatis is what they're listed as. So I'm going to try those. I know I can do paleotis <laughs> usually, so now I'm adding skunk quarries to see if from this supplier, I'm excited about this new supplier. See if they do well, see if they ship well for me. If they do, maybe I'll bring in a couple other kinds. I'll try some stir by, I'll try some, um, some other ones and gradually I'll work my way up to the more expensive ones. But I want to, um, build my techniques and my quarry shipping prowess before I go full on to fish like that. But yes, I can get scleromastics in. I'm just not ready. Even if they're ready, I'm not ready yet to do it. I mean, there's some, oh, there's amazing quarries on the list. And every time I see it, I drool a little bit. But uh, it wouldn't be fair to bring them in until I figure out what the issue is to be successful with them. Beastheart, Florida Siren, how you care for them? Never kept a Florida Siren. Is that kind of like the axolotl type, like mud puppies, something like that, I think? Um, yeah, yeah. I've never kept them. I don't know when I don't know that much about amphibians, to tell you the truth. So, Beastheart, I wish I could help you, but I would lead you astray because I would be spitballing. Try not to do that. I, I try to give information that's actually grounded in experience. And I couldn't do that in this case. That's tragic. My drink is empty. Barkeep. Um, Tiffany, thanks for uh, making it at dance fish so I could see it. Tiffany Medima, if you were to buy 
Fish from hobbyists. What fish would you be interested in? I don't even know that until I see what's available. Lots of stuff. Nothing. Okay. Not anything large and aggressive or anything like that. So probably not African cichlids, Rift Lake cichlids, West African cichlids. Absolutely. Pelvic acromis, uh, nanochromis, things like that. Absolutely. But nothing that gets too big, nothing that's super aggressive. But apart from that, almost everything. Now I need it in quantity and I need it at a price where I can actually mark it up and still sell it. But if we can meet those two demands, then lots of stuff. I'm, I'm actually really surprised. I brought in um, cherry barbs and some lemon tetras and red rosy tetras. And um, what was the other one? Oh, neon tetras. And I just got them to kind of test my system, cycle the new system, not cycle, it's cycled, season the new system, just make sure everything's okay. Everything is, they're doing great. And I've been really surprised at how many people have reached out and said, I want neon tetras or when are those cherry barbs ready and things like that. So um, not everything, but almost everything. Like black bushy nose, probably not. I'm not going to be able to move them, but albino bushy nose, sure. I love albino bushinos. They sell well for me. And even when they don't, I like having one or two in each of my tanks um, because they just keep the bottom clean. They keep all that gunk from settling on the bottom. It kicks it up to the filter. Um, they keep the sides clean. They're just good. They're good little hard workers. So, Sorry, Tiffany. I know I'm not answering your question very specifically, but peaceful and not too big. Let's start there. Now, I, of course, would prefer if it's rare and interesting and stuff like that but i get all kinds of stuff all the time some of it's kind of bread and butter some of it's kind of rare and hard to find and people that are going to order something rare and hard to find often will be like oh let me throw in some of this bread and butter stuff too just to fill the box i've got the tank space i like those you know so there's lots of stuff but if it's a dream list wild type bettas killifish Locality-specific rainbows, um, quarries. I know I just said I can't do quarries, but I'm pretty confident I can do hobbyist-raised quarries. I, I honestly think the issue is probably more about finding um, a proper supplier than it is the quarries themselves. Um, I love blue eyes. Any pseudomugil-type species are, are amazing. Um, lots of stuff. Yeah. Rick Stidham, I am so glad I have my fish to spend time with during this whole quarantine thing. And I have a surprise. Cory Sturby Fry. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like I have friends on Facebook and stuff all the time. They're like, what do I do? And I'm like, get an aquarium. It'll occupy your time and it'll ease your mind. <laughs> like I've probably told 300 people in the last couple of weeks, get an aquarium. <laughs> I agree. It's a, it's just, you can't go out and stuff. So at least you got a little nature in inside. I mean, you can go out, you can go on a hike or whatever, right? We're not, we're not like, <laughs> it's not that crazy, but I hear you. That's one reason Rick that is killing me that I'm having such trouble bringing in new fish because uh, I feel like business wise, this is a hot time to sell. People are bored out of their minds. 
I wish I had more fish I could sell them. So I'm hoping Monday that that happens. Hey, Terry's Tropical Tanks. Great to see you. Ginger Graves. All right. Just got to Ginger Super Chat. If you're wondering how far behind I am, not too bad. I've been further behind. <laughs> Nocturnal Aquarist at Jay Jr. and Dan's Fish. They can be for either. Just have to work with them a little to switch back to salt slash brackish. Oh, okay. So the mangroves can be salt or brack. Switch back to salt. Okay, so they can be freshwater or brackish water. Right now they're freshwater, but you could adjust them to brackish is I think what I'm reading there. That's good to know. Chat did the jumpity jumps. Just a moment. Oh, man. Hang on. Hang on. Did I make it yet? Nope. I, I saw one here I want to address because I get asked this all the time. Just a minute. Jeff Chambers, could you get fish from the cichlid exchange? Even if they are expensive, you may be able to get inventory and, and mark them up even if the markup isn't good. So, Jeff, I've actually got a fundamental, like, base foundational business principle issue with me doing business with the cichlid exchange. Um, now they're a respected company and I think they do things right in a lot of ways. And I think the wet spot does things right in a lot of ways. If you're looking for fish and you can't find them anywhere else, they're probably available there and they have a pretty good reputation, but I don't want to buy from a supplier that is also my competitor. That's just the basic business principle. So, because that means they set the price. So let's say that the cichlid exchange, and I'm just making up numbers here. Okay, this is all hypothetical. Um, let's say they buy a fish for a dollar. That's their cost. And they mark it up for $3 for wholesale. Let's just say that happens, okay? So now the fish is $3. Okay, fine. I could buy the fish for $3. But then at the wet spot, let's say they mark that fish up one or two more times. Whatever that is, that's the maximum I'm going to be able to sell it for probably because now I'm in direct competition with my supplier. So their markup is the three times for wholesale plus the one or two times for retail. So they've been able to mark it up five or six times all told so they can sell it at a pretty decent price and make a profit. But I'm stuck in a position where if I bought it from them and paid shipping on top of that and everything, I can't make my margins because they've effectively set the price. So I don't mind uh, the price being set by the market, the retail market at large, but I have a big fundamental problem with my supplier being my competition because they effectively set my margins that way and I can't run my business effectively when a different entity is affecting or dictating, I should say, the margins that I can mark up. Because I know how much I have to mark up in order to make uh, things work. And so that's my issue. I just don't like my supplier being my competition. Um, but they have amazing fish and they have rare fish and they have stuff you can't find anywhere else. So, yep. Okay. 
James Andy, how is PayPal coming along for Get Gills? James, it's not going to work. Went over that in detail one or two live streams ago. Um, I won't go in detail again right now, but bottom line is the functionality that PayPal offers will not work for a multi-vendor website like GetGills. We thought it could, but uh, turns out after digging in really deep, it, in the end, it cannot. And it's not just GetGills, it's any multi-vendor marketplace. They're fine point to point, but they're not fine several points to point, which is what a multi-vendor marketplace is. Um, I go into more detail in the previous live stream and I don't want to repeat it all, but unfortunately it's not going to work. I wish it could. I wish it would. There's so many people that are comfortable with PayPal and don't want to switch. There's so many people that um, <laughs> that's like their slush account that the wife doesn't know about so they can spend money on fish from that. There's so many people that, um, you know, just already have it set up and don't want to set up another service. I get that, but it won't work for what we're doing. Last Raven 215, I was trying to get Leertail Swordtails, but my ratio of Leers to normal is way, way off, like one Leertail female per generation. Is there anything about the Leers that gives offspring issues? Yes. Um, I believe that has to do, oh, there is. I don't remember the details of it, but you're not alone. Um, <laughs> basically, I think for Leertails to be successful, you almost always have to breed, I assume we're talking about um, Zephophorus here, those sword tails, um, a non-leer tail to a leer tail because the leer tail males have a gonopodium that, that is misshapen, it's elongated, it doesn't actually work. They, they can't actually fertilize a female with it. So you're constantly having to shift in non-leer tail genes and so that affects the ratio of leer tails you get from each brood is my basic understanding of it. I haven't dug into that for quite a while, but if I remember correctly, that's the issue. So it's not just you. I think it's just that fish in general. And that's one reason leer tails tend to be more expensive just because it's a, they, they're a lot harder to produce. They get a lot fewer of them per spawn. Jeff Chambers, tips on getting Amazon puffers off of live worms and onto snails or frozen. Huh. Well, Jeff, I've never, ever, ever had an issue getting Amazon puffers to eat almost anything, honestly. They're like flakes, rapashi, pellets, frozen live. Um, but here's my general strategy for getting picky fish or fish that aren't used to prepared foods or whatever I want to feed them onto that. So I don't do the starvation thing usually where it's like, hey, I'm just going to only feed you this till you eat it. I mean, that can work. And that's probably not going to have any adverse effect on a healthy fish. Fish are uh, ectotherms. They don't burn energy to keep their body heat like we do. They need a lot less food than we do to thrive. So I don't think that would hurt a healthy fish. But what I prefer to do is in the morning, I'll feed a very small amount of whatever I'm trying to get them to eat. In your case, let's say it's um, snails, okay, or for frozen, whatever. Pick one that you can stick with for a while. This could take a week or two. So let's say, um, let's say it's frozen bloodworms. Okay. Let's just go with that. In the morning, I would feed a few. If they, and I would, I would leave them in there for a while. If they don't eat them, then in the evening, I would feed whatever they normally eat. 
And I would just repeat that morning feeding, whatever I'm trying to get them to eat. Of course, you take it out if they don't eat it after a while, right? Because you don't want it to rot in there. We all know this. But new food in the morning, food they eat readily at night. You're just getting them used to it. And what I've found is generally after a week or two, they're eating well on whatever the new food is. And once they've learned to eat a couple new foods, it's generally really quick and easy to get them to eat lots of different new stuff. So I find that that generally works. They're hungry in the morning, so feed them the new stuff. At night, give them whatever they're used to eating so they don't, you know, go hungry and then repeat. So that would be my, my advice to you and to anyone trying to get any fish to eat something that the fish doesn't want to eat. 307 Wyoming 4E, throwing down $2. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Sheila. Good to see you. And um, I think, Sheila, if you, if I know you're wanting to come over, um, I think tomorrow or Friday would actually probably work for that if you're still wanting to. If not, we can do it another time. But if you're still looking to come over, that will probably work. Just send me an email if that's the case. Mega Mundilu, my spotted quarries are turning colors. I used to have them on white substrate. I changed to black and now they are very dark and can't see their spots. Yes, that happens with quarries in general. Um, these skunk quarries right here, they look very light with a nice dark stripe because they're on light sand. When I had them in a bare bottom tank that had the bottom painted black, they were so dark you couldn't see the stripe. So that's just, that's what quarries do. They adjust their color to their surroundings. Okay, Candy, thanks for uh, listening to Tiffany's question. I did see it a little earlier. We're almost to the end. I'm going to get to the last couple that I see here, and then we'll do the drawing and call it a day because it's 8.29, and I can't keep my mods too late. And I like to tuck my kids in for night-night time um, before it's too late. I, I, I cherish the moments. They're growing so fast. <laughs> Mega Mindy Lou. Is it really the substrate? Yeah, it's the color. It's the color of the substrate. Whatever color they're on, they're going to adapt to. Fish dreams. I had a heater go bad. Ooh, it filled the entire house with a chemical smell, and there was an orange sticky slime. Do you know what that slime was? With the strong burnt chemical smell, I don't know what, what exactly that was. What it burned to create that smell, I don't know. But I'm sorry that happened. That's such a bummer when heaters pop on you like that. Everybody, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to get any more questions or comments um, because we're out of time. But what I can do is give away some free fish. How about that? So let's do that. So we are giving away some spotted head standers. Again, this is, uh, let me repeat this for those that weren't here at the beginning. This is a bit of a test um, this is a species I've had trouble with in the past. I finally got a batch that I think is good, but I want to do a test shipment before I offer them for sale or before I ship a bunch of them. So if you're willing to be that guinea pig, I'm, I'm pretty confident they'll do well. They seem rock solid. Um, but if you're willing to be that guinea pig, then, um, that's the deal. If you're not willing to be that guinea pig, then let me know and we'll draw someone else. I don't want to force someone into that position, but I'm pretty confident they'll do well. I just don't know until I try it. So I, I want to give it a whirl before I send out, you know, a hundred of them. Kayla's Aquatics, $9.99. <laughs> She's so funny. We got Pippi Longstocking cheering us on. I saw you drop that in, uh, 
Oh, I was on a live stream the other day or watching a, a live stream. Who was it? Was it KG Tropicals or Bob Steenfot or oh, I don't remember. It might have even been Peck Tech. But anyway, I saw you drop it there too, and I was like, it was a replay, or I would have been like, Pippi. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, Bob. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you so much. Thanks for all you do for me and for this community. Um, anyway, with that being said, let's draw this. We're on Nightbot. Very good. Drum roll. That was bad. It's all bad. We'll skip the drum roll and just say that the winner is Mega Mindy Lou. There you go. That's awesome. Mega Mindy Lou, if you would chime in, I'm sure you're here, but chime in in the next uh, minute and let us know you're here and you'll be the winner. If you could send me an email, dan at dancefish.com by midnight tonight would be great. By noon tomorrow would be like the cutoff. Um, letting me know if you want them, your first and last name and your shipping address. Then I'll ship them out Monday um, for free. They'll just, you'll get a tracking number and they'll just arrive for you. What? Says Megan Mindy Lou. Yep, you're the winner. That's great because you've been here so long and been a, a, a member of this community and this channel for a while and been a great participant. So I'm thrilled for you, Mega Mindy Lou. That's awesome. My connection is so slow. Hey, you won. You replied. You're in. Email me, Mega Mindy Lou, Dan at dancefish.com, and we'll take care of all the details. Um, before I sign off, uh, I believe Punchy Paints is probably going next. Um, so let's all head over there unless a mod says I'm wrong down below, but I doubt it. Um, I think she's probably going next. So Pam, hope you're doing well. Um, and I think that'll close us out. Yeah. So thanks everybody. Thanks to my mods. Thanks to everyone that left a super chat. Thanks to everybody that left a question or comment. Even if I couldn't get to you, I'm sorry. Maybe next time just ran out of time. Um, everyone that's lurking, I feel you. And everyone on the replay, thanks for watching. I'll see you next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, I sincerely hope you have a good one. Everyone stay safe. I'll try to get some amazing fish for you. They should arrive Monday. Oh, oh. And if you've got fish to sell in quantity that you've raised, send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. I'm interested in, in lots of things. All right, thanks. Bye-bye.